This is episode number 316, Big Picture Thinking and Zooming Out, Why We Need It and How to Develop It. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about high performance and well-being, and I'm your host, Sonia. And if you're new around here, I am a world and multi-time national champion in mountain biking, and I still race professionally. I'm a health and mental performance coach, a writer, a mom of two little kids, and I own my own business. And if you're not new around here, welcome. I'm so glad that you're back, and I'm so grateful that you are a part of this awesome community and that we get to learn and grow together. I'm so excited to be with you today and to be bringing you a bonus solo episode this month. I feel like I haven't gotten to go deep into some topics that I wanted to research. So I've been getting back to work and we have a new childcare person that started this week. So that's enabling me to have extra time to learn more and then to teach you what I learned. Big picture thinking is something that is always on my mind and it's something that I am using as a tool regularly to help me. And it's also something that I've noticed coming up in a lot of conversations that I've been having and also listening to on other podcasts. More recently, my family came down with COVID-19 all at once, and we had a bad case, and it lasted a long time. And in fact, I'm still struggling with some of the after effects. I'm not back to training like I'd like to be, and I'm just out sort of going through the motions and enjoying being outside, but I'm not able to train. And I had to miss one of my big races this year because of it. And being stuck inside when you're sick and feeling a little bit depressed because you can't do anything that you want to do and you're exhausted... That is a prime time to integrate big picture thinking, especially whenever you don't want to. And let's face it, it's hard to make changes in life. Growth is hard. Stress is uncomfortable. However, there are ways to be more resilient when adversity rears its head and when your resolve is being tested. And I think that we've all had some version of that, especially in the last couple of years where our resolve is being tested and maybe we just feel like giving up. The first step is asking, what do you notice about yourself when these challenges or stress arises? Do you shut down? Do you get extra motivated because you're ready to do whatever it takes to get over that challenge? Do you get a little bit depressed? What happens and what's going through your mind during these times? And we don't always realize what's going on in our minds, and it can be different depending on the situation. So you might first notice how you feel physically whenever challenges rear their heads, followed by the onslaught of thoughts and feelings that occur in response to that adversity. And thoughts and feelings create our reality. Our perception is our reality. And we have some control over our thoughts and feelings. So what is an effective way to deal with those thoughts and feelings? How do we decrease stress? How do we improve decision making? And how do we more effectively work towards our goals? Because This isn't always about something bad happening, but working towards our goals also requires us to make decisions in the moment and to use big picture thinking. And it turns out it's all about changing our perspective. It's about widening the aperture with big picture thinking. And how we do that is through our self-talk. Big picture thinking can be used to make quick decisions that help us grow towards the type of person that we want to become with our habits, but we can also use it to manage stressful or difficult situations. When there's a challenge at hand, our mind wanders and we start trying to fix the uncertainty that we feel. Think about the last time that something came up that was stressful and you started replaying it in your mind and just taking in every single scenario that could be happening or what so-and-so said, and we just start telling ourselves these stories. And oftentimes, rumination is not productive, but humans don't like uncertainty. We don't like what's not knowing what's happening next or what's going on. 
Trying to understand why something happened or how we might fix it can lead to excessive rumination. And Dr. Judd Brewer talks about that in his book, uh, Unwinding Anxiety, and how worrying and ruminating can be actually become a habit. So we get stuck in these thought loops that lead to anxiety, depression, or depressive states, and a laundry list of associated health problems that come up from living in a chronic state of stress or anxiety. So what are some practices to help broaden our perspective whenever our focus gets very narrow during difficult times and extract us from this quagmire of thoughts that we can't escape? Some personal yet relatable examples from my own life that I've been thinking about lately are COVID-19, which I just mentioned, but also pregnancy. I have had two babies since 2020, and that is a 10-month period that has a lot of uncertainty and a lot of life changes. I have experienced career changes, relationship changes in the past, waiting to get an answer for something life-changing. I've worked on reducing my alcohol intake dramatically. In bike racing, there are times where things get really hard and thinking big picture can really help. And also recovering from injury. And I'm sure that there are other things that you could add to this list. But I think that these examples are all things that some of us or most of us have been through. And being able to identify how and when we might have used big picture thinking or how we could have used it to help us is a great place to start. So first, I'll discuss when and why big picture thinking can help us to make better decisions, how it reduces anxiety, and how it can enhance feelings of meaning and purpose. And then next, I'll give some big picture thinking examples to help you start practicing it in your own life. And it's something that can be done every day. And I'll also mention when it's not helpful. So first, let's define what big picture thinking is. I mean, I'm sure most of us have heard of it, but once I started digging in a bit more, I realized that it is actually part of construal level theory from psychology, and I had never heard of that before. So thinking big picture is what psychologists call high-level construal. High-level construal is characterized by abstract thinking where the individual sees a situation from the outside in. So think about a fly on the wall, think about forests from the trees as high-level construal, or even the view from an airplane, the 10,000-foot view, as they say. When we get stressed, we tend to lose perspective and we get hyper-focused with a narrow view, and that's called low-level construal for us psychology nerds out there. In fact, this also happens with our visual field, and I thought this was fascinating. According to neurobiologist Andrew Huberman, and I'm sure most of you have heard of his podcast, Huberman Labs, he says that our field of vision actually narrows and our pupils dilate and our eyes slightly turn in toward the nose. And this visual change creates a cascade of sympathetic nervous system reactions. Our narrowing perspective is wired in both our physiology and our psychology. So he actually says, in this case, if you are having a narrowed field of vision to look on the horizon, and that can help relieve some stress. When we're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, we get mired in the details, and it makes us very self-focused, thinking a lot about ourselves, which there's nothing wrong with thinking about yourself, but sometimes it can get to a point where it makes it hard to see the forest from the trees. And it can be difficult to pull ourselves out of the intensity and the emotions of the moment. A big picture view helps us be more constructive and objective about our situation. And it reduces the emotional charge and rumination that often accompanies stress and overwhelm. So let's do a quick example. When you're sick or injured or even stuck in traffic or stuck in line somewhere, how much do we hate being stuck in traffic or stuck in line? It can feel like you're going to be there forever. And the more you start focusing on that feeling of impatience and discomfort, or even when you're injured, it feels like you're going to just be injured forever, that feeling intensifies further and it just gets harder and harder and harder. So what do you do? 
So what is the key component of being able to think big picture? And it starts with noticing our thoughts and then identifying our tone. So you have to notice that you're playing this narrative in your head, how this line isn't moving or I'm stuck in traffic. And that happened recently. We were on a road trip and there was a forest fire and it took us two hours to go 20 miles. So that was really frustrating. And there was kids crying in the car and it felt really intense. Then I reminded myself, this is only going to last for a little bit of time and eventually it's going to end. So identifying that you are in that thought loop of this is so annoying. I'm stuck here. My time is being wasted, blah, blah, blah. And essentially, big picture thinking comes down to our inner voice and our self-talk. Our self-talk is what helps us gain perspective to help us with future planning and our goals and also our negative emotions. And in his book, Chatter, Ethan Cross, who has been a podcast guest, and I link that up in the show notes, he says, we can think of the mind as a lens and our inner voice as a button that zooms it either in or out. Simply put, big picture thinking helps us regulate our self-talk. Cross also says, we and others discovered that zooming out in this way also reined in people's flight or fight cardiovascular response to stress, dampened emotional activity in the brain, and led people to experience less hostility and aggression when they were provoked. And as a side note, I highly recommend that book. I've read it multiple times, and it just has such fascinating information and such helpful action items to help with our self-talk. So how do we do that? So the best way to get better at big picture thinking and ultimately our own self-regulation is about psychological distancing and noticing that we are what we are saying to ourselves and then using some techniques that are outlined in research can create space and give us clarity on what to do next. Okay, so what is psychological distancing? And you also might have heard it be called self-distancing. It is a practice where you remove yourself from the direct experience of what's happening. And the more intense the feelings are around that experience, the harder it is to remove yourself. It's being able to step back and survey the environment and what's going on and reflect on the course of action instead of what is happening so intensely. And there are times I've thought about this a lot and I don't have an answer yet, but when should you focus on being fully present and when should you focus on thinking big picture? Because sometimes those are at odds. Maybe I'll play with that idea a little bit later. However, being too zoomed in during a challenging decision or a period in life causes us to focus more on our negativity bias and magnifies our adversity. I've written and done podcasts on negativity bias, and that is basically how our minds tend to select to focus on the negative more than the positive. And the podcast I recorded is why we do that and how to stop doing that or to reduce the amount of times that you're doing that. So that is also linked up in the show notes. So stress and anger and sadness can create an environment for more rumination, as we talked about a little bit earlier. And that gets us stuck in this endless loop of what's happening and why and what he said and what she said or what's going to happen. And psychological distancing is almost like hitting a pause button, stepping back, and as a practice, and it helps us uncloud our judgment. There are four main ways to think big picture, and I might butcher these names, but Trope, Lieberman, and Waxlack in 2007 described four types of psychological distancing. Temporal distancing, so that is distancing yourself in time, and that is my favorite way to use uh, psychological distancing. There's social distancing, so that's it could be physically from other people, but it could also be distancing your emotions from other people. Spatial distancing, and that's the physical distance between two events that might be happening. Then there's hypothetical distancing, which is how likely an event will be to happen. And this is where optimism can play in, because if you are generally optimistic, you think that 
positive things are probably going to happen just around the corner and that you have some agency and autonomy over them. And I'll talk more about these in a minute. So let's put them into practice. What is a big picture example for changing our habits and pursuing our goals? So difficulty thinking big picture also arises when we are considering habits. For example, if you're trying to train for a race, so you want to train consistently, say you want to eat more healthily, you want to eat more vegetables, or you want to have a green smoothie, or maybe you want to reduce certain types of processed foods that you might enjoy. Maybe you want to spend less time on your phone. It can be really difficult to make those in-the-moment decisions where doing the more pleasurable thing is more rewarding. But the big picture might mean that you have to do the less pleasurable decision in the short term in order to create a new habit that fulfills a long-term goal. So if you are sitting down and there's a plate of chocolate chip cookies in front of you, and then there's a plate of broccoli in front of you, you're probably going to want to eat the cookies. But really, for your long-term goal, eating the broccoli might be a better decision. So thinking about what that goal is, what type of person do I want to be in the future, that can help with these kind of decisions. If you think about what your future might look like if you continue making choices that are incongruent with your goals versus what your future might look like if you make productive choices, it can help you stay on track. So if you start skipping workouts regularly, what is that going to compound to look like? Like James Clear says in Atomic Habits, your habits compound. So what is this going to look like over time? It's going to continue becoming more and more and more one way or more and more and more in another way. And what you do consistently matters the most. So thinking big picture rewards consistency or consistency if you're doing things that you don't want to be doing consistently, that also is going to create a bigger problem for you. So to use the temporal distancing, you can say, how would future me think about this decision later today in one week, in one year? Say you eat a box of cookies or drink a bottle of wine when you're trying to change that habit. What is that going to look like in one year, in one week, like whatever the amount of time is, is on your mind? I've used temporal distancing to make decisions, big decisions in my life. Like, should I have kids? That is exactly how I decided because I wasn't always somebody that wanted kids in my life. And I actually thought to myself, how am I going to feel in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years if I don't have kids? Am I going to regret that? And being able to get that type of distancing helped me decide to have kids. And I'm so glad that we made that decision. For people who are interested in health and longevity, thinking, how does 90-year-old me want to feel? How does 70-year-old me want to feel? Whenever you are skipping your mobility workout, and I am putting that out there because that's something that I am working on, when you're skipping your mobility or you're doing things that might have short-term benefits but not benefit you whenever you're older, thinking about that, using temporal distancing, that can really help you to make better decisions so that you can be training to be the best person that you can be when you're 70, 80, 90, or even 100. Here's a way to use hypothetical distancing. Say you're putting in some work for a creative endeavor. How likely do you believe it is that you'll be successful in that endeavor when thinking of the future with your current habits? Let's talk about big picture thinking in sports. And this is something that I have to use all the time in racing because I sign up for really hard races and maybe you're just signing up for your first 5K run and that is your big thing and that is a really hard race for you. Or maybe you're just going out with friends on a bike ride and that is intimidating for you. And in the moment, there are things that come up that are uncomfortable. But for now, we'll pick a bike race as an easy, easy example, but insert a similar example from your own life. So say you're doing a race and you spent a lot of time training for it and say it's not going very well, or maybe it is going well and you just are not feeling very great or very good in the moment. And I'll put, put it out there that you could be winning a race and want to quit. I've been there multiple times where I'm winning the race. I'm not having fun. It's not going well in my mind. 
I'm not happy with how my body feels, or maybe I just want it to be over. So what do I do? Either it's not going well, or it is going well, but I still don't want to be there. Personally, I do two things. So first, if I'm feeling shameful about what my result might be, or say you're doing like a group ride or run with your friends and you're embarrassed because you're not able to keep up or you're upset with how you're performing, um, this could be at work too. Maybe you just had a meeting and it just didn't go the way that you wanted it to go. I remind myself that nobody really cares. Like maybe there are a few people that care in the moment, but I zoom out and I picture the earth from outer space and I picture myself as the tiny dot I am on earth. It's so insignificant. That's way of using spatial distancing. I imagine myself from really, really far away. And I realize this one moment feels really intense, but in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't matter that much. Now, if there are failures that are starting to happen repeatedly and they start building upon each other, well, that's maybe a time to consider it. But in the moment, say you're in the bike race or you're doing the thing and you just don't feel good and you're upset, probably nobody really cares. Well, you really care, but the people that you're worried about probably don't really care. That's where that self-focus comes into play whenever we start getting stressed, whenever things aren't going well, we start thinking more and more that this thing matters and that other people are going to be judging us for it because we're pack animals. Okay, second, I remind myself that the suffering will end, that nothing is permanent. So I think about 100-mile mountain bike races. They're really long and there's lots of ups and downs along the way, no matter if you're winning or not. And I remind myself that in a few hours or perhaps many hours, I'll be sitting in a chair at the finish line with my friends. The pain will end, the impatience of wanting to be done will end, and it's almost like this one moment didn't even happen. And that's a way to use temporal distancing. And that's something that I actually use quite often because it can be really hard and intense in the moment. And I've used this whenever my kids are both melting down at the same time, and maybe I just want a break and it's really hard. I just remind myself that I just got to stay in this and it's okay, but it's going to end. And then I'm going to be looking back at this moment and it's not going to feel quite as intense. How can you use big picture thinking for hard times? Sickness, injury, grief, unwanted life changes, breakups. This is part of the human experience. And let me preface this by saying that I'm not suggesting that we should ignore hard feelings when they come up, nor am I saying that we should just distract ourselves from these hard feelings. But creating some distance from these feelings can be like seeing clouds in the sky and it can help you decide what to do next. Or maybe you don't need to do anything. And I talked about COVID-19 earlier because I think a lot of people have had it at this point. I'll use that because it's still fresh in my mind. It seemed to go on forever. In fact, as I mentioned, I'm still dealing with fatigue and it's really frustrating. And I had to miss my main race, one of my main races of the year because of it. So my entire family got it all at once, including our six-month-old baby and two-year-old. It was really hard and I felt pretty unhappy. I couldn't do the things that I normally do that help me feel like me, like ride my bike or work. And I just had no energy and it just seemed like it would never end. And I was so depleted because I had to take care of everybody else too. And I felt a little bit depressed. I'm not going to lie, but I used temporal distancing and reminded myself that even though this has been going on for weeks, that in a year from now, this experience will seem a lot less intense and that I would just have to be patient, sit with the emotions, accept the emotions, do what I needed to do at the best that I could do to deal with it. And that in the future, it's not going to be as hard. And whenever I thought about that, that really helped me move forward and it helped me gain some perspective on, yes, this is hard, but it will end. While time doesn't heal all wounds, it does give us the space to process it. Okay, let's talk about big picture thinking in a disagreement with somebody. And this is where the social distancing piece is relevant. So 
In nonviolent communication, the point of a disagreement isn't to be right or to win an argument. It's about saying what your needs are, but also having a deeper understanding of the other person and using conflict as a way of building your relationship. And I linked up nonviolent communication in the show notes as well. And that is to a podcast I recorded with Oren J. Swift. And it's about his book, Say What You Mean, A Mindful Way to Approach Nonviolent Communication. Anyways, distancing is required whenever you're disagreeing with somebody because emotions are high. You want to be right, but it's not about being right. And you might realize that whenever you can take the big picture view, because It might just be about adding depth and acceptance and understanding to a relationship instead of just needing to be right. And maybe you start saying things or doing things that you don't want to be. You don't want to show up that way in your relationship during a disagreement, Just, but it's hard to create that distance. And it also creates empathy for the other person. So maybe you don't agree with what the person did, but being able to separate yourself a little bit from that emotion and trying to just understand where they're coming from, that can help with conflict as well. I'll give one last example here. So let's talk about big picture thinking for time management. We have a lot on our plates right now, a lot between work tasks, home tasks, like that darn pile of laundry or that messy garage or the overflowing recycling. Wait, am I talking about my own house? Uh, Making time for ourselves, making time for our family and extracurricular commitments that we've made in our lives. We are overwhelmed most of the time. And it can be so hard to know where to prioritize your time and what is actually important. And sometimes we focus on things that maybe don't need to be done right now and they aren't urgent, but it can be hard to know what to do because it feels really intense. So first, I use big picture thinking to prioritize my tasks by asking myself what needs to be done consistently. So my podcast is something that needs to be done consistently The actions that I need to take to eat healthily, so like grocery shopping and cooking and meal planning, like that needs to be done consistently so that it can compound over time. Exercise and training, like I can't just catch up on exercise all of a sudden. That's something that has to be done consistently. And taking care of my children, that's something that needs to be done consistently as well. And those things tend to sift to the top of my list. So ask yourself, what do I need to be doing consistently to meet my goals? Because you can't just skip it for a couple of weeks and then come right back to it and expect to have long-term results. Next, I look at deadlines. So what has a deadline? What deadlines am I creating that can be changed? Is this deadline self-imposed or is it something like paying a bill or paying your taxes? And of course, the things with deadlines need to be made a priority, but Is it something that has to be done today or can I do it tomorrow? And I'm not saying to procrastinate, but when it comes to prioritizing and thinking about the big picture of what do I need in the big picture on my schedule and with my deadlines and my priorities, what can be shifted and how do I make those decisions? I mentioned that self-talk is a great way to create psychological distancing. The problem with self-talk is if you use I, I am feeling this way, I am doing this, it's really hard to distance yourself. So research shows that if you can use you, so you are doing this, you got this, or your own name, that can be a really effective way to use self-talk to create that distance. If you're interested in how you can use self-talk to improve performance, I recorded a podcast episode specifically about that. And in my Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy, which is a self-paced online course on how to be your best as an athlete and what mental skills you need and how you can train them. You can find that at sonyalooney.com or at moxieandgrit.com and find the Mindset Academy. So last, when should you not use big picture thinking? And I was thinking about this and it was around accomplishments. So a lot of times we will accomplish something and sweep it under the rug or say, find some way to belittle that accomplishment. 
And if you are thinking really big picture about your accomplishment, you might feel like it's not significant. So it's important to celebrate your accomplishments and your wins. If you are finding that you are getting a little bit too on the ego side of things, maybe you do need to think big picture with your accomplishments, but I don't think most people are like that. So not thinking big picture with your accomplishment and celebrating it for a set period of time, maybe it's 24 hours or 48 hours or a week. That's awesome. And that's a really good time to focus in on yourself and have other people celebrate you in the process. And before I go, I wanted to come back to something that I mentioned early on and just play with it a little bit. So I mentioned, when do you think big picture? And when do you focus on the present moment? Because sometimes those can be at odds. And a lot of the narrative right now is make sure that you're being present so that you don't miss out on what you're doing right now. And I think that you can do both of those at the same time. So you can think, how is this affecting my broader goals? Or how am I going to get through this thing in the big picture? So starting there and then coming back to what is happening in the moment and leading with acceptance and values and paying attention without getting lost in it. And I think that's where the nuance is. And I'm sure that there's a lot more information that could be said there, but I just wanted to come right back and think about how those two can be integrated. If you are interested in finding your best, I offer health coaching and I have a health coaching waitlist right now. And you can find that at sonyalooney.com. And there are lots of different things that we talk about in health coaching. And I also offer mental performance coaching. But health coaching is about so much more than what you eat and how much you sleep. It's about mind-body connection. It's about how you talk to yourself and self-compassion. It's about relationships and it's about your environment. So if you're interested in that, go to my website and click on health coaching. I'm trying to figure out how I can create more offerings around health coaching because I am limited to how many people that I can work with one-on-one. So maybe it's a course, maybe it's group coaching. If that's something that you would be interested in in the health coaching realm, I'd love to hear from you because ultimately I am doing this as a service because I want to help people find their best in whatever way that is. Thank you so much for being here and for listening and for entertaining my research ideas. And hopefully they are entertaining you in the process and giving you some key takeaways. I'm so grateful that you are listening to this podcast. And please don't forget to hit that subscribe button or to share it with a friend so that it can grow and find others. And if you like these types of topics, I write a weekly newsletter and you can go to sonyalooney.com slash newsletter and I hash out other ideas that I came up with in terms of productivity or psychology or just how to be your best because that's something that I'm always striving to be. And doing your best doesn't always mean working super hard. It doesn't mean hustling and optimizing. It can also mean resting and how to define what the things are in your life that are important aside from the projects that you're working on or your training. So that's a topic that I like to tackle as well. And I think that that's a huge part of well-being. So thanks again for listening. I appreciate you. And as always, I'm with you on this journey of personal growth, adventure, and our mission to be better every day. We'll see you right back here next week.